Welcome to season three of Motivate Me. We invite you to travel the 50 states in 90 days as we interview people about their passion. Why? In order to inspire you to live a life that's more exciting or more meaningful. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Today we are sitting in the library and we have the pleasure of speaking with Reverend Jonathan Stanley here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Reverend, thank you so much for joining us on our 50 state tour here. Thank you so much for having me, it's such an honor. You know, I've heard so many great things about you. You have a lot of respect in this community. A lot of people speak very highly of you and, and what you are doing, can you tell my audience what your passion is? My passion is the forgotten. Those people that other people just say, well, you know, um, it doesn't matter because they really don't contribute to society. Um, it could be the homeless. It could be a child that has no mother. It could be so many different aspects of this. But I have concentrated on two populations. The two that I've concentrated on are those who are elderly, they've been displaced, that are 62 and older, and then children and families who have cancer that are struggling to be able to make their bills and trying to actually um, just make it through because they, the insurance doesn't pay for stuff or whatever. And so we do these big fundraisers to help them so that they know somebody cares about them. Everything we do is about an act of kindness to change a heart forever. You know, where did this passion for the forgotten and for kindness really, where did this begin for you? Mm. A long time ago, when I was a boy, um, my mother and my father were both immigrants from other countries. And my mother, she, she tried to teach me the best she could with a limited education and my father did the same thing. Um, but one of the things they always did was he would always bring like um, a, um, a craft of wine over to the next door neighbor's house. My mother would do something for someone who was um, down the street, an elderly person. My parents were very, very giving people, even though they had a lot of issues because of them coming from another, other countries. So when they were teaching me things, I learned by watching them how they did stuff. And I remember I told a story, which is really funny. Um, this bird, it, and I'll always remember this, this little bird, it sounds so crazy, but it fell out of our tree with these big evergreen trees. And it fell out of the tree. And my mother, I saw it and, and I said, the bird, the bird, I always remember this. And my mom went with me and she said to me, she said, we'll take care of it and we got an eyedropper and we took care of this little bird and she was like now we have to be very careful because that bird you know what's going to happen is the mother's watching so we can't really we have to be careful how we do this and I watched how when we when we fed the little bird and got the bird's strength back that literally what happened was 
the mother came from the tree and picked up the bird. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. And I watched how one act of kindness went into another act of kindness. And then what happened was, is my dad and mom were different ages. My mom was 30 and mom and dad was 67. And what happened was at that time, my dad died of cancer when I was in, when I was actually in high school. And I took care of him. Instead of doing the other things that all the other kids did, I took care of my dad. And he died in our room, in our, in our living room. And I remember the feeling that, he, that, that I had knowing that I took care of him and knowing that he wasn't put in some place isolated, but even though it took everything I had to do that. And then my mother died several years after that. And um, I watched how that changed me inside. And when I went to school, I worked in a gerontology ward in, in college because I felt like there was a need for these people in a way that I could not describe. And I felt like they were forgotten, they were ghosts, that people that they, people felt like they lived their lives and that there really wasn't anything left for them to give. So I really started concentrating on working with them more and developing relationships with these people. And then when I got out of graduate school, when I got out of graduate school, out of going through, um, going, going to um, CBN Regent, I wanted to do something more. Um, and I started, I was working as a professional fundraiser, working to raise money for children with cancer and kids exploited and just all kinds of other things. But my passion was the elderly. So I connected up with a nursing home over in Riverside and we started doing one-on-ones and I started realizing on their birthdays that they didn't have anything special. So I started these birthday bags, these can't help bags. And now we do literally thousands of these all over the community to just say that we care. It's not gonna, it's not gonna do anything to make them like, you know, it's not gonna change the world, but hard candy, some tissues and lotion, a game, you know, a puzzle book, just things to say, a birthday card, something, a snack, something to say, you're not forgotten. Happy birthday, I love you. You know, it, it makes a difference. And going to visit the people on a regular basis, doing watermelon socials and at Christmas time, giving them the things that they really want, not just a pair of slippers or something, but something that's very, very special to them because they're human beings. And I feel like everybody has um, the right to dignity. Everybody has that right. And everybody has that right to be treated with some type of respect. So here's the thing. You took your passion, and I can hear how all of these experiences in your life, as well as then how your training has come together for you to be able to really live your purpose is what you're doing and, and just have this passion in your life every day. Yeah. But how did you transition into that, and what kind of hesitations or challenges, if any, did you have doing that? Wow. I was working a full-time job, so my degree is in pastoral counseling, and I had, I had the opportunity to actually do full-time pastoral counseling, and I decided not to. I decided to do some on the side, but I decided to do fundraising just so I could get a paycheck and I could build up and I could do what I needed to do, and I was doing this part-time. But then my boss, after many years of being at the company, because I was one of the top people, and, and really I was, I was going to take over the sales, I was gonna run the whole sales thing because that, that's what his goal was for me. But he saw my passion was so great 
and my heart was so heavy for these people that he sat down with me and he said, I think it's time that you make a decision because he said, I think I'm holding you back. And I said, really? And he said, yes. And he says, I think you should go after your passion full force. Well, the first year when I did it full time, I did like $30,000. I, mean, I didn't do a lot of money. But now, over many years, we have over 700 partners and we've grown. And we're not just in Virginia, but we're in North Carolina and we're in Florida. And we do all these things, these acts of kindness through the bags, the Can't Help Bag program. And we do um, dinners at times for people and special, you know, special things. But again, it all comes down to putting compassion to action, breaking down walls, building bridges, these relationships. That's why it's called the Compassion Advocacy Network. We're teaching people how to love. We're showing them that we're a voice for those who have no voice. And then the network is bringing people together to care. And together, it's a winning combination. You know, if you didn't have this gift for fundraising, though, you wouldn't be able to, to live this purpose, right? No. I mean, no. that's that's a gift because I can tell you I'm not great at that. <laughs> I'm just not. So to be able to be organized and get 700 people involved is amazing. What do you think you've learned about yourself through all of this? Um, I've learned that I can do anything that I really put my mind to, that if I focus, you know, in the beginning it was really, really hard, and at times it gets really, really hard, but my purpose drives me because I know that, you know, when I tell people I do this with the elderly, people give me money like all the time. Like I went into a restaurant and we eat there once in a while, and a lady, I said, I said, could you, because 27 cents a day or $100 a year will help us do what we do, and I told her what I do, and she knows me but doesn't know me, and she came out when I was eating my meal and she slipped a check to me and I said thank you so much well I thought it was for hundred dollars it was actually for four hundred dollars and when people see my passion because they tell me I am the passion in Compassion Obviously Network they just automatically give and help me and whatever I need I have so many resources and I'm so blessed to help these people because they see what I do is real that I really care about these people to the point where I sacrifice my own needs to make sure that they're taken care of. Um, we feed um, every month approximately, I'm gonna say now about 300 to 350 of elderly people. Before we were doing more feeding, um, but we, we, we pretty much just let our, our partners do that rather than us getting involved because we're really, really focusing on our elderly. Um, and we have one particular community that's in Norfolk the people are really hurting very, very badly. And I'm in the process of getting furniture. These people were once homeless. A lot of them are homeless. The city gave them vouchers. We're in the process of getting them dentures and eyeglasses and hearing aids and furniture. We did a thing with ADT called ED Cares. And we got them over $5,000 worth of groceries. You know, this one lady, I remember she bawled out. She, she ended up just crying out so hard. I, I've never seen someone cry so hard over a thing of coffee. She was so happy because she got a thing of coffee. She hadn't, she hadn't had coffee in so long, she never thought she'd have coffee again because these are independent living. And this is the kind of people that we deal with besides the nursing homes. 
we can deal with somebody who's an elderly vet. We can deal with, as long as they're elderly, as long as they're someone that, um, that is in their years and they've lived. Because so many people, I love children, and I, and I love what other people are doing, and we help inspire them. And I've probably inspired people to start their own charities with some of the things I've done. But my heart really is the elderly. How has your life become enriched from creating the Compassion Advocacy Network? Wow. Um, well, I told you about um, that young man, but I'll... But you didn't. But I didn't. Okay. Um, this young man that we took in that was actually um, going to high school at the time, he actually had been evicted by his mother. We took him into our home and we really literally turned our whole lives upside down to make sure he graduated, he learned how to drive, his bank account, everything. We did everything to teach him the right things. And now he's going to be an ER doctor. He's actually faculty of EVMS. He's in his junior year. I'm really proud of him. Dean's List. He is absolutely amazing. He's one of many that we've been able to enrich their lives. I see the other charities that I've mentored and helped, like Shining Light Homes Ministries with Patty Johnson. She is trying to get a maternity house, and I've been working with her by getting supplies and stuff for her single mothers and doing Christmas things and all kinds of stuff. I have amazing groups like Future Billionaires with Courtney Zavisa and, and um, Steven Zavisa. I have... Um, People, I have people that I would have never had the opportunity to form relationships with, but also they've impacted my life because as I'm teaching others to love, they're teaching me how to love as well. They're teaching me what it is to really love. And, and love is an action. It's not just a word. And I think a lot of people, they look and they say, you know, I love you, but anybody can say it. it it's how you show it and I think that's one of the things that we've been trying to teach the people in our community and the world is that everybody needs love everybody needs someone to say I care about you so what advice would you give my audience about pursuing their passions count the cost first make sure that whatever you're going to do, that you count that cost, that you realize that this is a commitment and this is a long-term commitment. It's not something that you're going to pick up and say it's not a hobby. If this is your passion, then you want to go for it full force and you want to give everything you have. It means giving every cent you have in your savings. If it means um, mortgaging your home, if it means whatever it means, if this is really your passion, and you feel driven, then do whatever it takes to make it happen. And when you do that, even though in the beginning you'll feel like, wow, I can't believe I did this, when you start to see the fruit of the labor, when you start to see people's lives being changed because of your passion, you will stand back and go, wow, wow. This, this is, is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. And you'll be so blessed because I am so happy that I did what I did. I don't regret a day. Um, even though sometimes it gets very difficult, I know that I'm doing what I was created to do. How can people reach out to you and um, 
go to your website or email you? Yep, you can go to the Compassion Advocacy Network, um, or you can go to wecanhelp.world, and you can donate. Um, we always need donations, we don't need sponsors, we don't need partners, because in volunteers, what we're doing is very important. We're the only ones in our community that are actually reaching out to these elderly in the way that we reach out to them. And um, I just need, I need as much help as I can to make an impact. And if people would like to do something in their area but have questions about how to get started, yeah. is, it, is it okay if they contact you for oh, that Oh, of well? course, because we, um, we're getting ready to work. We work with a, an organization called HDR Manor, which is the largest nursing home facility in the whole country. And we're getting ready to each state. We want to do these bags. So um, we're getting ready to um, mobilize and be able to send these bags to these nursing homes to give them these acts of kindness because we have a relationship with them already through, far, excuse me, through Florida. And so um, we're trying to do this little by little by little as we get more and more sponsors. So it, I, would, I would be more than happy to help anyone to try and say, hey, you know, this is your idea. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know all the logistics because I didn't. I am the visionary. Um, David is the one who actually did the building um, of the actual charity, and um, Dear Marie is the one who actually. She's the one who does all of the educational and all of the programming thing, and Kathy is the one who develops the community with all of the fundraisers and all of the outreach, and I'm not having my advisory board. So. It's not me. These I'm are not, all I'm, the things you've created, though. Right. There's things that we've done. We over have time. done over time. We have done. It started out with two. Now we have about twelve that are part of the organization. Volunteers. We have a lot of volunteers, but it it started out with just two, and it built and it built and it built. And once people see what you're doing, and they see that it's really making a difference, they'll get behind you they'll start to help you because everybody wants to do something. They just want to find something that they can do that they can do. You know, it's like people go, you know, they're like, what can I do? But when you show them what they can do, how hard is it to fill a bag with some items, give them to someone and say, here, I care. I agree. Sometimes people just need to feel important and needed and wanted in an organization yep. and given instructions that yep. you know they're not maybe the type to create something but definitely the type to support it yep so yep congratulations and keep up the great work you know seriously so proud for you and and happy for you well i i i am so humbled by even the fact that i was selected because there are so many other wonderful people doing some wonderful things and i just i just can't thank you enough for even interviewing me thank you so much thank you Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 States in 90 Days Lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful, you can find me at MotivateMePodcast.com. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along. Whoa.